The Public News Service Daily Newscast, February the 15th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. The deadly shooting spree at Michigan State University Monday night was another tragic American event involving firearms. Our Mark Richardson reports for at least two MSU students, it brought up horrific memories. A lone gunman opened fire at an academic building in the student union, killing three students and critically injuring five others. It was the second time two MSU students have lived through a school shooting. Jackie Matthews was 11 years old when she hid in her classroom at Sandy Hook Elementary in 2012 as a gunman killed 20 of her classmates and six adults, including her teacher. Matthews recounted her experience on social media. The fact that this is the second mass shooting that I have now lived through is incomprehensible. My heart goes out to all the families and the friends of the victims of this Michigan State shooting. But we can no longer just provide love and prayers. It needs to be legislation. It needs to be action. It's not okay. A second MSU student whose family asked that she remain anonymous survived the November 2021 shooting at Oxford High School in suburban Detroit, where four students were killed and seven others were wounded. Several other recent Oxford graduates are believed to be enrolled at Michigan State. I'm Mark Richardson. As part of New York's 2024 executive budget, Governor Kathy Hochul is aiming to further the state's climate action initiatives. One particular piece of the budget seeks to advance renewable energy through the New York Power Authority. It would allow the agency to use funds from the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act to help the state meet its energy efficiency goals. But some observers feel this is a step in the wrong direction. Ann Reynolds with the Alliance for Clean Energy New York describes what she thinks the New York Power Authority's role in developing renewables should be. We would like them to focus on helping us meet our goals by investing in the transmission system. So we're going to need, for example, transmission to bring the offshore wind to shore, to move offshore wind power off of Long Island. That will require investments in the grid there. Legislation to do this is being considered in the Senate. A previous version of the bill passed the Senate but has languished in the Assembly. Reynolds says it's critical for the state to keep working toward its 2035 climate goals. She notes one aspect of the budget that should help would require all new construction to be all-electric in the coming years. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. According to Democrats on Congress's Joint Economic Committee, repealing the Inflation Reduction Act would lead to increased energy costs for individual households of up to $300 per year. And for Reuters, at least seven survivors rescued Tuesday from the rubble of the earthquake-hit areas of Turkey, local media reported, eight days after the worst quake in the country's modern history. This is Public News Service. Members of the San Carlos Apache tribe are planning a march at other events this week to oppose what they're calling a destructive mining project that's slated for Oak Flat. That's near the town of Superior in south-central Arizona. Resolution Copper is a joint venture by Rio Tinto and BHP. Both organizations say the mine will bring thousands of jobs to the area. But Vanessa Nozzi with the Apache Stronghold says Oak Flat is ancestral and sacred land. She believes the project would destroy the land and their way of life. Nosy says as a mother of four girls, she feels it's her job to protect them and their culture. If Oakland is gone, I can't pass that on. And who we are spiritually, we'd be gone forever. It's the same tactic that the United States government has always used on Indian people. The protest events begin this Thursday. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals hears an appeal next month that seeks to prohibit the transfer of sacred tribal lands with Oak Flat at the center of the controversy. 
The land transfer to Resolution Copper was part of the 2014 National Defense Authorization Act. Apache Stronghold has argued that it violated the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. And the U.S. Department of Education has a new fact sheet about religious discrimination from its Office for Civil Rights, and Palestinian advocates are pleased. We get more from our Daniel Smith. The document does not include a definition of anti-Semitism written by the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance. Dr. Raz Siegel of Philadelphia, who teaches college-level courses on the Holocaust and genocide studies, thinks the decision was made because the definition is, in his words, problematic. He explains the alliance definition includes 11 examples that mention Israel seven times and conflates criticism of the Israeli state with anti for decades since its founding in discrimination, persecution, marginalization, and mass violence against another group, Palestinians. Finally, our Brett Pivido lets us know advocates in North Carolina and nationally are calling on decision makers to expand the use of climate-informed wildlife crossings. Federal government research estimates there are between one and two million collisions between vehicles and large animals in the U.S. each year. Dr. Ron Sutherland, a Durham, North Carolina resident, is chief scientist with the Wildlands Network. He says well-designed crossings can improve safety for humans and animals. Directional fencing that you put along the highway, if you do it in the right way, you can actually steer the animals to the crossing structures and the combination of fencing and structures, either overpasses or underpasses, that's what leads to reducing the level of wildlife vehicle collisions by as much as 90%. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member Endless and Supported, on a great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find your trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.